Hello, and welcome to Social Workers Rise, where we inspire social workers to connect, expand their knowledge, and change more lives than they ever thought possible. We will talk everything social work on every level from micro to macro. We are going to hear stories of social workers who are doing big things, learn new skills, and most importantly, give you actionable steps to make a difference today. Let's go. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Social Workers Rise. We are here with Dr. Nashira. Welcome to the podcast. Hi. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Yes, of course. I'm happy to have you here too. Um, So I'm really excited. So you actually applied to be a guest on the podcast for forensic social work, which you have a lot of experience in. But once I started creeping on your social media and going to your website, I said, oh my gosh, she, we are not going to talk about forensic social work because you are an expert mental health media consultant. Yes. Yeah. Tell, tell me, we want to know, okay, just give us a short, like, who are you and what do you do? Okay. So the, the quick spill is, um, obviously I'm Dr. Nashira Coyote and I do both forensic work. Um, still, uh, I do contracts. I have a couple of contracts with the state and with San Bernardino County here where I live locally. And, uh, but the fun job that I do is, um, serving as a media consultant for all things mental health, which um, includes uh, providing like commentary for magazines and um, articles and things of that nature, um, consulting with like NAMI on different uh, topics, as well as um, what I'm going to get in soon into is uh, television, like being, you know, on on uh, like reality shows and being the therapist on those type of shows. I have a dating show that's going to be coming up soon. Okay, Dr. Nishira, this blows my mind. Like how in the world do you even get started in this? Um, so I actually have only been doing this for about a year. Um, you know, just after, you know, countless years, you know, being burned out and, Uh, you know, all that typical stuff that social workers go through, but also wanting to do something meaningful. Um, Obviously doing forensic social work, you see people kind of at their lowest. For many people, we see them, um, you know, once their mental illness has become extremely severe and now they're involved in the criminal justice system, you know, and all of those things. And it can just be, you know, very sad and disheartening. So my idea was I wanted to do something that was more um, fun, something that was a little bit more creative and something that kind of, uh, you know, also promoted mental health, but kind of, you know, helped decrease that stigma and, you know, kind of answering uh, that forever social work question is like, how can we reach people before they get sick, before it's so bad that, you know, we see them in the criminal justice system. Um, So I decided I would, you know, kind of take a a turn in my career and and see what else is out there and what else I can do. And the short answer is really just diving in and figuring it out along the way. Um, I've met a lot of wonderful people that, you know, can help, um, you know, and and link you and direct you to different um, 
areas, but the short answer is really kind of like just jumping out there and uh, navigating. So uh, I'm having a really hard time seeing, okay, how do we go? Because I want to know, and I know our listeners want to know, how do we go from having a normal social work job to being an expert mental health media consultant? Like that seems like such a big jump. I mean, I'm wondering for you, you know, you said to just get started, um, but what I, I don't, I don't even know how to get started. Like, did you hire a coach? Are you just like cold emailing and cold calling people, you know, break this down for us a little bit. Okay. So initially I did what social workers do and did a lot of research, right? (laughs) So first I just dived in and said, um, you know, just started looking at other people that are doing similar things. Oh, you know, that looks really great. That looks really fun. A lot of things I've done have been um, like cold calling, cold contacts, literally, um, you know, hey, you know, I, I like this article. I see this, this producer does a lot of stuff that has to do with mental health or, um, you know, even just true crime or anything like that and cold pitching. So I have done quite a bit of that and it does take a lot. Uh, you know, the, the, the response rate is not as great as what you put out there. Um, but I have done quite a few like really fun things already just in the, the short time that I've kind of really devoted more time to doing this. As far as kind of the expert piece, um, you know, we get that in our real job, right? So, you know, social workers are some of the most um, professional, um, experienced people because we get to see a lot. We get to do a lot. We work in various, um, settings that, you know, gives us a lot of information. And so we really all are already the expert, you know, now it's just, um, a matter of getting it out there and letting the rest of the world know, you know, hey, what we've been doing behind the scenes and what we've been doing in the trenches, you know, all of these years and kind of just demonstrating that and bringing that out to the forefront. So the rest rest of the world uh, knows that's what we've been doing and and that's what we do as a profession. Um, I have done uh, coaching. I found a, a couple of programs where there are people that will um, you know, help give you plans for um, how to do social media posts. Um, I've seen some for how to do Facebook ads, if that's what you want to do. Um, but there's, you know, a lot of um, people out there that, you know, will help along the way. And there's also, um, you know, a lot of just information you can find on your own and research and, you know, learn how to do. Um, there's different uh, like communities you can join that help link you to um, journalists and, you know, then the journalist will post when they're looking for, um, you know, someone to help write about this topic or that topic. And then you can respond to them that way. Um, There's, I've seen, I haven't used those yet, but there's different similar things for if you want to be on podcast um, and things like that. But a lot of it is kind of, you know, just using social work hustler spirit and, you know, just reaching out to people and making those personal connections. Yes, that's okay. That's amazing. Thank you so much for for sharing that insight. I'm wondering, you know, with your work, what would you say is like the most challenging part of 
being, you know, a media consultant? Um, I think a lot of it is, um, you know, there's still a lot of stigma with mental health. So a lot of times, uh, you know, we're working to kind of connect those dots between, you know, whatever's going on in, in everyday life and, you know, helping people to see, you know, oh, that, that's where mental health can come in. Um, a lot of what there is and is not. One thing that I found really surprising, um, you know, most of my career, I worked for the county, I worked for the state. And in those uh, systems, you're kind of, um, you know, you're already kind of set with the professionals, you're set with your people. So when I kind of got out here to the media and said, let me expand my world, one of the things that I found most interesting was um, that I guess because maybe this is kind of an untapped field, or maybe a lot of us are doing more traditional type of social work, that the people that are left on the outside as the experts aren't really actually the experts. Um, so I found that to be pretty interesting and I figured it's because, well, we're, you know, the rest of us, I guess, are in the trenches most of the time doing the real work. So, you know, we don't really have time to say, Hey, media outlet, you know, Hey, you know, Cosmo, Hey, Essence, you know, here, here we are, you know? Um, and so a lot of that gap has been filled with people that maybe aren't uh, so much that. Yes. And I've seen that. And that was part of my motivation and inspiration for pursuing public speaking and putting myself out there in the more like to the more general public, because I kept seeing all these people who would call themselves mental health advocates. And I'm like, yeah. what the fuck is that? <laughs> like, so, okay. I mean, I get, you know, we have mental health struggles and it's beautiful that you want to share your story, but you're not actually trained in anything and some of this the information that they were putting out there is actually harmful and yeah. toxic and not trauma informed and it makes me cringe and I'm like oh gosh so if they could do it I'm thinking okay as a licensed mental health therapist right like we could yeah. definitely do this for sure absolutely Absolutely. I, I, I see the same thing. And like, that's where <laughs> on the days that I'm like, oh, do, I, do I really want to do this? Or, you know, this is, this is a little hard because it's, um, you know, a lot of self-navigating, but yeah, there's a lot of people out there that have had quite a bit of success, but, you know, don't truly have the credentials. I've even seen people that don't have the education um, definitely don't have, you know, licenses or licensure or even on that track. Um, yeah, that are putting out a lot of information that's that's not useful. And, um, you know, I'm like, yeah, there, you know, there needs to be more of us, you know, filling that gap because we we are truly the experts and we we have been doing the work. And, you know, it's time we let the world know what we've been doing. Hey, it's Catherine here. I hope you are enjoying this episode. We're going to take a quick break to listen to these ads from our sponsors. If you're planning to take the BBS Law and Ethics exam, the ASWB Master's or Clinical Licensure exam, or if you're studying for the MFT exam, then you need a proven program that can help you understand the exam questions and pass with confidence. If this is you, I highly recommend the Therapist Development Center. I personally use TDC to pass my law and ethics 
and clinical exams and found the program provided me with everything I needed to pass with confidence. TDC's program integrates various ways of learning in an organized fashion containing all of the information you need to pass without the overwhelm. And now bonus, TDC is also offering a library of continuing education courses that fulfill your license renewal requirements and will support you in your career development. If this sounds like something that you need, visit their website, therapistdevelopmentcenter.com and use the code SWRISE10 at checkout to receive 10% off any of their CE courses, including their brand new course, On the Edge of Life, an Introduction to Suicidality. You can also check out the link in the show notes. Definitely. And you've used this term expert a couple times now, just within our conversation. And I know that this really can be a barrier or kind of get in our way as far as at what point can we call ourselves an expert? Because sometimes people say, well, you know, I've only been doing this, you know, X X amount of times. And I know someone else who's been doing it so much longer. They're so much better than me. You know, at what point would you advise someone to say, you can confidently call yourself an expert in this area? I think that varies for everyone. Um, But I think it's important for us to have perspective. So at the same time that we are questioning ourselves and our expertise and our experience, there are people with way far less that are out there saying they are the expert. Um, you know, not that I think we should say we are if we don't truly believe we are. Um, but oftentimes, you know, I think that's important to put in, in into perspective. And when we are speaking to, you know, the community at large who has not, you know, gone to school for six, seven years, you know, doesn't have master level degrees, hasn't, um, you know, done the hours for licensure and things like that. Um, You know, we definitely hold, you know, a lot more knowledge, even, you know, if you look at it that way than a lot of people. Um, I think it's a level of comfortability. I think that you will kind of know that when you start, um, you know, looking around and really the research And, you know, the other people that are the experts, you know, comparing yourself to the people that, you know, have established themselves as the expert and whatever piece of it. And sometimes it may just be, um, you know, a piece of the puzzle. You know, obviously we can't be, you know, expert level in every single little piece of mental health, but, you know, feeling like you've reached a level of competency, you have a level of experience and even maybe focusing on the piece that you do have the most competency in and experience in, you know, that may be a way to, you know, start feeling comfortable with that. Um, In in my experience, I actually have um, applied with like the Board of Behavioral Sciences and been deemed an expert with them on uh, like forensic social work, you know, and different topics that they do. So there's other, um, you know, kind of avenues to kind of give you that, you know, credential boosting of, you know, you've been acknowledged as an expert by this entity or that entity that I think was also helpful if, you know, you're feeling like, you know, I want that, you know, uh, specific, you know, piece and credentialing. 
Right. That's really interesting. So what I'm hearing you say is if you have a, if you have more knowledge of a topic than the general population, if you've done research, if you've um, done work around this area, and then also to, okay, I had no idea that this was even an option. So you said to that you approached the BBS and were deemed an expert by that. But how does that even work? You're just blowing my mind today. <laughs> Tell so, me more about this. <laughs> so they actually, uh, at least in California, you know, this may be different, you know, in other states, but in California, they are always looking for experts and subject matter experts for when, you know, various things arise. Um, some of the work that I've done are, you know, helping to create the licensing exams and things like that. Um, but I believe, um, you know, that's something that they look for on an ongoing basis. So, you know, it's a system that's already set. Wow. I'm going to have to do some research on that. Well, thank you, Dr. Nashira. Yeah. Uh, okay, cool. So, so we covered a lot. I'm wondering what would you say is the, the best part about the work that you do? Absolutely. Uh, the freedom is a huge, um, part of it for, for a long time, I, you know, worked in government systems and, you know, traditional nine to five, um, in the office type work. I love that this gives me, you know, freedom of my schedule, freedom to, um, you know, work when I kind of want to, I do a lot of work late at night in the middle of the night, because that just works for me. Um, but I'm able to write and, you know, do those type of things then, it definitely helps with, um, you know, burnout and just keeping that motivation to continue doing the work that we're doing to kind of be able to see a more fun side of it and, um, you know, not have to, you know, we can still be of service without always, you know, being so entrenched in kind of some of the harder pieces of mental health and social work. Yes, yes, for sure. We're we're working smarter, not harder around here. That's yeah. awesome. So I do have one last question because you mentioned freedom and freedom often is accompanied by money. And I'm wondering, you know, what kind of, and I know this is like the most general freaking question in the world because there's such a wide range of, of pricing and services that you can provide, but for being a expert mental health media consultant, like what kind of income are we looking at or that we might be able to expect? Like, how would that work? So a lot of it depends on, um, you know, what, what you set your prices to. Um, I've seen, you know, things on the low end. I've seen things that I, I haven't got up to, you know, I've seen people that are charging, you know, $10,000 for consultation services, which okay. I haven't gotten to. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think there's, there's definitely money to be made. Um, I have been able to supplement, you know, the income that I was making working, you know, in systems with steady paychecks. Um, and I think there's, you know, even more money to be made. A lot of it is, you know, how much do you want to do? There is, there's definitely like a hustler aspect to it. Um, so, you know, the more you put yourself out there, the more people you contact, the more you do, you know, clearly the more money you'll make, of course, um, you know, which is, you know, up to you, 
you know, up to how you want to do it. Um, obviously getting started can be a little tricky because there is that overlap, you know, that you're going from here to that. So it's, um, you know, you do have to kind of juggle that. I kind of have the, the consultation piece going for since 2017. And then just in 2022, I decided to kind of, you know, go with that full fledged. So, you know, I took a few years to kind of build it up a little bit to that point where I felt like, you know, okay, I can sustain without it. Um, I also was fortunate enough that I happened to get married last year. So that created a little bit more financial stability that I had the freedom to, you know, kind of do something different. So I think, um, you know, just like for so many of us and like we tell clients and everything else that, you know, there's certain seasons for, for different things. And so, you know, you kind of have to see if it's something that will work out in your, you know, in your life in the season that you're in now. Um, for me also, I have uh, two kids, but they're, they're teenagers now. So one's 15 and one's 18. So, you know, that, that was also a deciding factor that I was able to take a chance after, you know, kind of doing the nine to five thing for so long while I, you know, raised them and, you know, just being a different season in my life. But I think it's definitely something that, you know, you can plan for if that's not the season you're in yet. That doesn't mean it won't be. Um, you know, you definitely can plan for it, definitely look to it. But I think there's definitely tons of opportunity. And I only see that opening up more and more for social workers. I love it. Well, thank you. And Dr. Nashira, I think I said it wrong earlier. I apologize. Dr. Nashira, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the show and for sharing your knowledge. Maybe we re revisit uh, forensic social work in the future, but I just had to bring you on because I love just sharing about different ways that we can use our social work skills. Because like you said, there's so many jobs that we can find for low pay and high burnouts. And yes. it's almost like, like that's what we hear all the time in grad school. And the whole reason why I started this podcast, cause I'm like, there has to be more, there has to be more for us because I know for me personally, I did not get this much education and come this far to only get this far and to feel miserable. And yes. so I just love hearing stories like yours where you you get creative, you're thinking outside the box, you're saying there's a problem here, right? Like there's mm -hmm. non-expert mental health people talking on mental health topics and saying, I can fill this gap and I can do this. And just, you know, taking that taking that big gigantic step to even start this is just so amazing. So, you know, I really admire the work that you're doing. Um, where can where can we find you and connect with you? Uh, so the best place is probably my website, which is Dr. Shai K. So Dr. and S-H-I-K-A-Y uh, dot com. And, um, you know, all my information is there. I'm also on uh, Instagram's Dr. Shai K. I'm also on TikTok, um, Nashaira Kayade, PhD, LCSW. Um, yeah, so those are the best places to find me. Great. Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Social Workers Rise. If you love this episode, be sure to subscribe and text this episode to a friend. 
If you want more, there are a few ways we can get to know each other and work together. First, definitely subscribe to the Friday resource email list. The link is in the show notes. And that's where you can learn more about the courses I offer, including Clinical Essentials for the Future Therapist and the Pulse Basics for Medical Social Workers. I'll also be sending out occasional tips and resources and other happenings within the social work industry. And for all your clinical supervision needs, be sure to visit risedirectory.com. This is a national directory of clinical supervisors for social workers, and we also provide free resources that you can use within your own clinical supervision. Lastly, if you have more individualized needs, I do offer coaching, individual consultations, and am available for public speaking engagements for social workers and change makers. Lastly, the boring legal stuff, but very important. The information in this podcast is not meant to be a supplement for therapy, professional advice, or clinical supervision. This content is provided as is solely for informational purposes. It is not legal, health, or safety advice. I am not advising you as a therapist. Organizations should engage their own experts to ensure any adoptive measures are compliant with applicable laws and standards in their jurisdictions. The opinions expressed by individuals or organizations are their own and do not reflect the views or opinions of Social Workers Rise or Catherine Moore. References to specific products or organizations do not constitute any endorsement or recommendations by Social Workers Rise.